Well, hello out there, America, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, here, another edition of The Really Real Deal. Birthday blessings to President Trump today, June 14th. Uh, President Trump, 74 years young, and uh, uh, he's a good-looking 74. Uh, I tell you, uh, very, very, very vigorous, and uh, I just wish, uh, I wish our president would trust his instincts a, a bit more. Uh, I think he has great instincts, but he has a lot of very cautious advisors around him. Uh, the nation is uh, really going through some uh, tough times right now, uh, all of which has been manufactured. Uh, you know, I've been I've been on this uh, for quite some time. Uh, even the uh, crisis era, I, I think 10 years ago, I did a, a six week television series uh, predicting all of this. And it's uh, not and again. It's not that I'm a genius. I, I I listen to people who I think they're the geniuses. Okay, so uh, but I've been blessed and honored to um, read, study, interview, um, get to know uh, people who've done a tremendous amount of research uh, over the years and have a very very good understanding of the cyclical nature of of these events and. Uh, but what I'm going to do today is we're going to uh, go into the word of God as we like to do. Uh, you know, I think it's a leadership problem. And uh, as you see in the um, description of the program, I pose the question, okay, is this national leadership problem that we have, is this a government problem? Is this a church leadership problem? Is this a family leadership problem, i.e. the father, okay? Is, is this a local leadership problem? It's obviously all of the above, okay? And, and of course, people want to uh, point the finger at uh, that part of leadership that they would like to replace with themselves, okay? So they say defund the police. It does, doesn't mean that there's going to be chaos that means that there are going to be some thugs appointed to replace the police, okay? And uh, and trust me, you look at history, and whenever um, law and order gets replaced with a thugocracy, uh, they never approach you and say, "Well, well, ma'am, you you you're doing a little bit fast here today. Uh, may I please see your driver's license?" It's it's not going to be <laughs> it's it's not going to be uh, polite, okay? Now, for those of you who are saying right now, yeah, Brother Craig, but there's a war on black men, okay? That's a lie from the very pit of hell. There are millions and millions. There, there are hundreds of millions of police contacts with citizens every year. 800,000 police officers, a nation of 320 million people. There are hundreds of millions of police contacts per year. And we have this handful of incidents that get reported as though that's all there is. More white people than black people get killed every year. A black police officer is more likely to shoot an unarmed black citizen than a white police officer is, okay? And, uh, and the white police officer is more likely to hesitate and more likely to be killed. Okay, and they're more likely to be killed because of their hesitance. Okay, so now we're going to deal with several things today. I want to share with you some of the names of the police officers. I want to share with you some things from the Word of God. 
uh, greater love hath no man. Let me, that'll be a good first Bible. And I know the description, we had a different Bible verse, but we, we, we want to start with the, the truth of what's happening. Okay. Because this is a spiritual battle, a battle of truth and falsehood. Okay. And so what are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe the word of God, or you're going to be believe the word of these demonic people that are running around here, that they, these people, they support everything that is ungodly. How can the people that support everything that is ungodly be the people that are correct? In, in this and and look and don't tell me I, I, I don't want to hear well brother Craig we just need unity no we do not need unity okay we need truth to prevail you cannot have truth and falsehood in unity you just can't have it okay you cannot have a glass of pure water and then put some poison in it okay and you cannot negotiate well, Brother Craig, we don't want to put a whole gallon of poison in the water. We want to put a, you know, can we negotiate? Can we put a pint of poison in the water? No, you cannot. Can we put an ounce of poison in the water? No, you cannot. Can we put a spoonful of poison in the water? No, you may not. How about a little eyedropper? Can we just drop one drop of poison in the water? No, okay? Truth must prevail. One plus one must equal two. And there must be a standard that is held up to say that one plus one equals two. There must be a standard where it is taught in the schools that one plus one equals two. Less people run around and convince our children that one plus one might just equal 11. Okay. And if you don't agree with them, oh, you are, you must be a racist because you don't want the black man to get 11. You, you're cheating him out of nine. I mean, this is the, the ridiculousness of it. But these, these, this is, this is truth, folks. More white people get killed in this country by police than blacks. Okay. And don't hand me this stuff about the percentages. Well, the blacks are, um, 13% of the population and the whites are 70%. You know, I mean, just don't hand me this. Don't hand me that, okay? Because the, the dynamic is the number of police contacts, not the actual population, okay? Because if you have folks that are not committing violent crime, and it's not that whites don't commit violent crime, okay? Um, if, if you look at uh, the percentages of uh, white collar crime, you're going to find more whites as a percentage are going to get convicted of white collar crime than blacks. Why? That's the type of crime they commit. All right. And so you're going to have, even as a percentage, you're going to have more police contact with the, with the white community for that particular type of crime. Okay. Now, when it comes to violent crime, you're going to have a higher percentage of police contacts is 13% of the population, but it's not 13% of the violent crime. Okay, it's not 13% of the police contacts with citizens and people that live in uh, crime ridden neighborhoods that are not criminals. Do they not have a right to be able to call the police and say, you know, there's a crime happening in my block. I hear gunshots. Would you please send a police officer? Do these do these honest black citizens, do they not have a right to be defended by the police? Who do you think calls the police? Okay. When there's a black criminal in a black neighborhood, 
What do you think? Some white racist calls the police? I mean, come on. And so the, what do the police do? Do they say, well, uh, I'm sorry, but that's a black neighborhood. We're not coming. No, this is what the police do. They come. Okay. And this brings me to the Bible verse here, which is in honor of our police officers, our fallen police officers, our soldiers, our fallen soldiers, our gold star families, our, the, the people that on 9-11 ran into the towers. This Bible verse is for you. <clears throat> Greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. And there's an if here. This is Jesus talking. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. And later in the program, we're going to get to the difference between a hireling, someone who says he represents Jesus Christ, someone who says he's a, a, a preacher, a, a prophet, an apostle. He says it with his lips, but with his actions, he's a hireling. He's in it for the money, okay? Because he's not Jesus's friend and he's not my friend. Okay. So I, I don't want unity with that joker. So don't, 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 don't type in here unity. Okay. No. Okay. No. We're going to go to the book of Titus in a little while. I'm going to show you some unity or you know, what you can do with that unity if, if from the word of God. Okay. But Jesus puts a condition on friendship. And he's talking, and again now, and I've shared this before, Jesus has ways of communicating with people based on their level of where they are, okay? It's not uniform, okay? It's not uniform. To the Pharisees, to the people in religious leadership, he had very tough words. To the people with him, he had very tough words, okay? To those with him, it's like, you know, what's wrong with you guys? Do you not get it? Are you dense? Why are you sleep? Wake up. I'm sweating blood and you're asleep. That's how Jesus talked to the 12 that were with him. Okay? To the leadership, the religious leadership especially. He said, ye are of your father, the devil. That's Jesus Christ, my big brother. That's right. Anyway, I'm back to John chapter 15, verses 13 to 17. And again, this is in honor of our fallen police officers, our, our gold star families whose, whose loved ones have died. They've given the ultimate sacrifice. Greater man hath no, no greater love hath man than this, than to lay his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Now we're going to go to where Jesus promotes people from servant to friend, okay? Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant doesn't know what his Lord does, but I call you friends for all the things that I have heard of my father, I have made known to you. 
you have not chosen me. This is Jesus talking. You, he's telling us, we have not chosen Jesus, but Jesus has chosen us. He says, I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring fruit, bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, that he may give it to you. That's Jesus, okay? Now, to the subject of my conversation with you today, all right? We're dealing with the hireling versus the true son. We're dealing with leadership, okay? And people won't like to point and blame, but see, there's leadership at so many levels. Oh, it's the president's fault. He's not providing leadership. Oh, it's the governor's. My governor is a evil, wicked man, okay? He had, his name is Ralph Northam. He's a pediatrician of all things. He endorses infanticide, aborticide. When he was 26 years, they people like, oh, well, it was just a thing, a, a, a college kid thing. Okay. No, he was in medical school, 26 years old. He was not an 18 year old college freshman. Like a lot of these idiots that are marching up here, you know, some white dude, you know, he know he's Biff. He know, you know, and he's a black lives matter. Okay. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I've been black for 49 years and I need this 19 year old kid to defend me. Give, give me a break. Black men should be ashamed of themselves to not to be teaching their sons and daughters that, you know, we don't ride the short bus. We don't need neoliberal white people to, to bend over backwards and treat us special. Martin Luther King asked for equal rights. Booker T. Washington asked for equal rights. Frederick Douglass asked for equal rights, not special rights. Not special, equal, okay? Many of these police officers that we're going to talk about, many of them are black. Where's their parade? Where's their horse-drawn carriage? You know, where's the neoliberal stupid little white girl with the ring in her nose toting a sign, you know, black police officer Dorn, the 77-year-old grandfather, his life matters. There's no equality. It's an opportunity for these people to preen around and pat themselves on the back. That is all it is, folks. But there is a lack of leadership. These pathetic, poor little um, white kids, they don't have mothers and fathers that care for them, okay? Because the college professor represents the wolf in one of the, the parables. And these parents, they turn their children over to the wolf. And many of them are good Christian people, okay? It breaks my heart some of the things I have to say to some people is somewhat heartbreaking, but the word of God is the word of God. I didn't write it, but it, it has helped me in my life and my prayer is it'll help you, it could help them, okay? but. The people in leadership need help because then 
they can receive the baton and they can run their leg of the race and hand the baton off because that's all I do. Someone else put the baton in my hand. I'm not a genius. I didn't invent anything I say, okay? It's most of it comes from right here from the word of God, all right? But John 10, uh, 11 to 13, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, okay? And in some translations, it says not the true son, okay? In other words, the, the father owns the sheep and the shepherd is the true son of the father. He has an inheritance from his father. And so his relationship to the sheep is different from the person who's just hired for a daily wage. That person's interest is himself, his wage, okay? His interest is not looking out for what the father owns. His interest is not looking out for what he's gonna one day inherit. And his interest is not looking out for the welfare of the sheep. It's for his own welfare. He's a hireling, okay? And so, and it says, whose own the sheep are not. The sheep don't belong to him. This is talking about the hireling now, book of John chapter 10. He sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep. He flees and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep, okay? The, and it says the hireling flees because he is a hireling and he cares not for the sheep. So now, I talked about, I wrote about in the description of this program, the various levels of leadership, okay? So this is often used to describe preachers, fake, phony preachers of the word of God, okay? The type of preacher that in 2 Timothy, they say they have a, a form of godliness, you know? Or they can sing, or they can dance, or they can preach, they can rhyme, okay? They're eloquent, they're charismatic, but they love themselves, they are hirelings, they love the money, the filthy lucre, they don't love God. They don't love Jesus and they don't love the people of God. And you judge these people by the fruit that they bear, okay? Not just by my words. Remember now, I'm the guy that's always trying to teach you how to be an analyst. And being an analyst includes analyzing everything I say. If I misquote one syllable, if I get one thing wrong, I want someone out there to make it known to me, okay? Make it known so that I can either self-correct or I can inform you that, you know, your, your, your point is off, okay? But we can have a civil uh, dialogue, okay? N not, you know, I have a 42-year friend that, um, I don't know what's up with this guy, but I'm not going to engage in a nitpicking. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. But um, a true heartfelt um, difference. And it's, we're instructed as people of God to do that, by the way. I'm going to, where is Titus? Okay. Um, 
And this is about being a watchman on the wall, which I am a watchman on the wall, a man of God who is sharing with you what the Lord has blessed me to receive. Okay. Um, and this is uh, what a, a watchman, a man of God is instructed to do. Okay. We must be blameless. The husband of one wife, we must have faithful children, not be accused of rioting or being unruly. Okay. A bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not quick to anger, not given to wine or alcohol or beer or reefer or anything else. Okay. I'm just modernizing and updating it. Okay. No striker. Now, not given to filthy lucre. Okay. Some translations, it says not a hireling or not given to un, unjust gain. Okay. Not greedy. Okay. In other words, the man of God as a preacher, he does not have a Bentley, a helicopter, an airplane, and a $20 million mansion. Not the man of God, okay? He might be the man of something else, but that joker is not the man of God living in a $20 million mansion with an airplane when our Lord and Savior got the job done on a donkey. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not sorry. That's the word of God. Not given to filthy lucre. Okay. I didn't write it, but I don't mind reading it. All right. He must be a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine to both exhort and convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. Okay, I'm going to read that again. There are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. And it says here, now this is the first chapter of the book of Titus, okay? And it says here, their mouths must be stopped. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to ask those of you who say, well, no, Brother Craig, what we need is unity. We need to be all on one accord, okay? Now, find that for me in the Word of God, and I'll put it up against this right here, okay? And I'll even go and find... Um, in Jeremiah, where God says the people's evil and wickedness has gotten so high, it has stinked so bad up to high heaven. He says, don't even pray for them because I'm not going to hear your prayers. See, there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. Ecclesiastes chapter three, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to throw stones, a time to gather stones, okay? We can't be always in one mode. We can't always be in the mode of hate or throwing stones or war 
Absolutely can't. Word of God says you can't. Word of God also says you can't always be in the mode of love and peace and hugging and kissing. Word of God says you can't. Is that tough? Yes, yeah, tough. But that's just too bad. That's just too bad. That's the word of God, okay? And so we can like it or we can not like it, all right? Now, here in Titus is telling us that we have to stop these people. We have to be able to not allow these people to come into the holy assembly and say things that are untrue. And we, as the man and woman of God who knows better, we not say anything. That is, that's not the word of God. We're supposed to by, we are supposed to be able by sound doctrine to both exhort and convince, okay? For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. Their mouths must be stopped. They who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of filthy lucre, okay? Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith, okay? For unto the pure, and this is dealing with the people who we are charged to preach to. Many of them have purity of heart, okay? And so and they watch the TV, they listen to the commentator, and they see, ooh, they, they, in their imagination, because people, it's not that people are necessarily stupid, but people are busy, they're living their lives. A lot of these people they have, particularly in my age group, a generation Xer, they have children that are not, you know, my children are grown, but many people have children that are not yet grown and they have elders that, and they're like in the middle. On the one hand, they're dealing with children in college and they're trying to help them get off their life. And then on the other hand, they're dealing with parents that are on the decline and they're squeezed, okay? They're sometimes working two jobs, sometimes three jobs, okay? There are many that they work their job and then they want to um, be a volunteer, want to help save the republic, want to help serve the community. People are busy. And so because they have purity of heart, they make an assumption that the person on television is telling them the truth. And so they're easily manipulated. And this is what they do to we as Christians. They manipulate our good intentions. Okay. And we have no idea that they're lying through their teeth like demons from the very pit of hell. We have no idea. Why? I'll read it to you again. Word of God, not the word of Brother Craig. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works, they deny God, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work, a reprobate 
Word of God, not the word of Brother Craig. Book of Titus, read it, read it. Be instructed by it. We live in tense times. A lot of these people represent the wolf. We cannot be like the hireling and flee from the wolf. We have to be like the true son and confront the wolf. And we have to understand that what we're going through is not new. God's not picking on us. The world is not picking on us. Jesus said, they hated me. They're going to hate you. So don't be surprised. Okay. And we re we read, we read right here in the word of God. All this has happened before. Okay. So now back to leadership and hirelings. Okay. People who are there in it for the money. All right. And again, at all levels, it's not just Reverend Chickenfoot. Okay. It's not just, you know, and, and I've spoken before about sins of commission versus sins of omission. And I asked the question, and I've been asking this question for years. And I know that probably there are many of you here that are new. So I pose this question to you, which is worse? He or she who commits the sin of commission, they, are, they actively do evil, okay? Or he or she who commits the sin of omission, they fail in carrying out the instructions. Now, Jesus said, you are the friends, but he put an if. If you do what I say do, if, then, the if-then statement, if you do what I say do, then you are my friend, okay? And so we're instructed to confront these people. Now, not like they are doing out in the street. We, you know, and whenever Christians and conservatives do things, and you've seen it many, many times, you know, we never carry on like that. We always civil. There's never any looting. There's never a single window broken. There's never anyone that's shot. Okay. We do things proper and in order as godly people. OK, as, as God would have us to do. And uh, but now these people do not. They are those that are committing sins of commission and the people that are goading them, the people that put bricks in place ahead of time, that put money in place ahead of time, that hire these people, that pay these people, that manipulate, that lie in the media. OK, these are the sins of commission. And I liken it unto a zookeeper. And the zookeeper has a job to keep order in the zoo and to make sure that the animals do not do harm to the patrons of the zoo that pay to get in and see the animals. So an alligator gets loose one day. An alligator bites uh, an unsuspecting child on the leg. To whom do you direct your anger? The alligator? or the zookeeper. Well, the alligator's just doing what alligators do. The zookeeper failed in his duty to properly handle an alligator whose nature, he should know what the nature of the alligator is. Your child to the alligator represents lunch and the zookeeper should know that. So 
the things that are happening in society, there are police, there are uh, there are pastors and priests, religious leaders, okay? There are other community leaders, elected and non-elected. There are parents, okay? Mothers and fathers and grandparents and uncles and aunts who should be able to give instruction to their children what to do, what not to do, okay? And hey, you've been doing that all along, then in a moment when emotions are high, your child, your niece, your nephew, your grandchild, they would listen to you. But if you're not doing this all along and now emotions are high, they don't want to hear it now. They don't want to hear it now. Because you, now you're coming at them for the first time and they have the devil whispering in their ear, not whispering, but using a megaphone, okay? And so it's the sin of omission that's worse because we should know better. The people that are creating chaos in society, they, that's their nature. They're like an alligator. And just like an alligator is not going to sit down at the table, put a napkin in his lap, and order a toss salad. Similarly, a democrat politician, an anarchist, people, you know, a Muslim fundamentalist, you know, people, their Quran says, it's legal to lie to you. Holy deception to Kira. It's legal to rape your women. You may possess, you may take that which your right hands possess. It's legal to kill you if you don't submit because why? You're an infidel. It's legal to kill you if a Christian convinces you that you should leave Islam and become a Christian. The law of apostasy, death penalty. Okay, this this is written in their book. What you can't read, you can't pick up Mein Kampf and read what Adolf Hitler taught. You can't pick up a Quran and read what Muhammad wrote. Okay, you can't Google the the uh, manifesto of uh, Black Lives Matter and see that they say the nuclear family must be destroyed. They openly say these things. They openly write these things. Saul Alinsky wrote a book. It has 13 rules, rules for radicals. On the opening page of the book, the acknowledgement page, the, right, the first thing he writes is he gives honor to Satan, to Lucifer. And this is the book that Barack Obama taught from, he's seen teaching from, and he's used it, he's, he's drawn diagrams from the book up on a blackboard, and he's standing there, and you can Google this, and you can see this. Hillary Clinton wrote her college thesis on the man. They adore, they love Saul Alinsky. They write these things. The Iranians, they chant, death to America, death to Israel. Israel is the little Satan. America is the great Satan. And this is the coalition of evil. The Democrat Party leadership, the socialists, the communists, the Antifa thugs, the Black Lives Matter thugs, the Black Lives don't matter to these Negroes. Most of them are not even Negroes. Most of them are white, white socialists, anarchists, 
who want this, not that they don't want a power structure. They want to destroy the existing power structure so they can replace it. And you best believe they're not going to back up. They, If you tell them, oh, well, we think you all are ruling a little bit hard here. Uh, why don't you take a knee with us? They will shoot you. They're not going to take a knee with you. And we have people who are charged with keeping the order. They are, and they commit a sin of omission when they take a knee with these people. Okay? And so we cannot believe them when they say we're doing this for uh, the Floyd guy. Let me read you some names of some people that we should, we should fight for these people. Okay? We should, we should fight for them. Deputy Sheriff James Blair killed Friday, June 12th, cause of death, gunfire. Sergeant Damon Gutzweiler, June 6th, 2020, cause of death, gunfire. Lieutenant Stephen Williams, June 2nd, 2020, cause of death, gunfire. Police officer Wildest J. Johnson, Sunday, May 31st, 2020, cause of death, gunfire. Police officer Nathan James Leday, May 28th, 2020, cause of death, gunfire. Police officer Cody Holt, May 27th, 2020, cause of death, gunfire. And I could go on and on and on, okay? And again, I read you the Bible verse about how they lie, okay? So here we have um, PolitiFact, okay? With the um, the truthometer, all right? It says more than 20 police officers are dead now because of the riots. They say false. They say it's only one, Officer Dorn, okay? 77-year-old grandfather, dead. Two stupid-looking Negroes shot him over a TV. He's dead. And they say that's the only police officer that's dead. Now, this is PolitiFact, okay? These are Democrats. These are liars, not from the periphery of hell, from the pit of hell, okay? And so... They act like, and they're trying to be cute. They act like if the person wasn't shot directly in the middle of a riot, then all this upheaval is not attributable to the spike in police officer deaths, okay? And there is a spike, just like there was a spike when Obama, every time he opened his mouth, he had to critique police officers, okay? And so police officer assassinations went through the roof, okay? And it started with that Negro from Harvard, okay? Gates, Professor Gates. A second-class intellect who's, because of affirmative action, he can do no wrong. And so he's pushed up and up and up and up and up, okay? And he's Obama's friend. And, uh, and he locks himself out of his house. And a, there's a lot of crime in his neighborhood. So a neighbor not recognizing him as the owner of the home, 
but just as someone at a window, it's an elderly person who doesn't see well, and he's at a window trying to break into his own house, which I've done in my house, okay? I've locked myself out. I had to put a ladder up on my house and go upstairs through a window. I've had to do that. But now if a police officer came and saw me breaking into my own house, I would just simply prove, I would thank him. I would prove to him that I'm the owner of the house with my ID. I would show my ID with the address. And I would just, I would thank him. Well, you know, officer, I really appreciate it. And now we don't have crime in my neighborhood like he had in his neighborhood. But if I lived in a crime ridden neighborhood, I would, you know, hey, can I offer you a cup of coffee or a, a, a bottle of water officer? Because, you know, there's crime around here and I really appreciate how quickly you came. This time it was me, but the next time it could have been a criminal. Man, I really do appreciate you. But no, that's not what Professor Gates did. Professor Gates uh, went on to curse the man out, talk about his mother. You know, talk, I mean, it got real. Uh, and then Obama gets in the middle of it. And this is an exact quote from Obama. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And this is an example of why policemen get killed, not just when there's an actual physical riot, but spiritually there is a riot, okay? The forces of evil are at war. The children of dark are at war with the children of light. Spiritually, this is what's happening. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a thousand people in the street for this to be a fact that 20 police officers have been killed. It does not have to be. And these people know it. They're just liars. But Barack Obama's exact quote was, well, I don't know what happened, but the police acted stupidly. Let that sink in. He doesn't know what happened. But one second later, he can declare the police acted stupidly. And young black men, many of whom are fatherless, not, not all, I, I was a fatherless young black man, and many are. The highest fatherless demographic in the United States of America is the young black male, okay? When the family breaks up, the females have the mother as a role model because typically the mother holds the family together and it's the low-down father that's out of the picture. Now, from the highest seat in the land, there's no thought. There's no, I mean, he could have just stopped that well, I, which is what I always do. Uh, and there's been many black, white, police, non-police issues in America since I've been a public figure. And I always withhold judgment, always. I never say the police acted stupidly. I never say the citizen acted stupidly. I always wait until I get the facts because people are dependent on me, okay? Let me go back to what the word of God has instructed me to do, okay? The word of God has instructed me to be this way. And this doesn't apply. Now, I'm stretching this out to all levels of leadership, not just 
Christian leadership or watchmen on the wall, but political leadership, leadership in any realm of life, this is good. Be blameless, be the husband of one wife, have faithful children, do not riot or be unruly. Do not, as a steward of God, do not be self-willed, do not be quick to anger, do not drink wine and liquor and reefer, do, and do not be given to filthy lucre. Be a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, be sober, be just, be holy, be temperate. That's instruction. And this is the problem we have. We don't have a problem with just, you know, this stupid governor of ours with the black face, 26 years old now, he has shoe polish on his face. He's not 18, he's 26, okay? Ditto the, um, the lieutenant governor and ditto the attorney general. The attorney, well, the attorney general, I think he was 19. Shoe polish, his was a dance contest, okay? His wasn't a Ku Klux Klan thing, you know, with a, a, a white robe and a noose like the governor was, okay? 26, that's very mature, 26. That's in you, that's in you, okay? And the black lieutenant governor, same thing. He was, you know, had something in, in school um, with a guy dressed up like a Klansman. And I mean, it's just, and these are all Democrats and they all get a pass, okay? Because why? Because of filthy lucre unjust money because they go to their people and they say, we are going to take money from those that have earned it and we're going to give that money to you. Okay. And so they purchase loyalty, but this is instruction. And so it's leadership at every level, the religious level, the political level, because remember with o Obama, uh, right, and that was his first year in office, this thing with Gates. And then it might seem like, okay, that wasn't that bad, Brother Craig. That was just, you know, nobody got shot. But think about it now. You had two highly accomplished, highly affluent, highly successful black men. One, a professor at Harvard. The other one, the president of the United States. And you have a white police officer who makes maybe 40, 50,000 a year maybe 60, okay, you have these two rich black men, and and yet, and the police officer is wrong. He, someone called and he answered the call. That's all that happened. It was not racism. It was not racial profiling, okay? If the joker didn't want to be racially profiled, live in a neighborhood where there's no crime, okay? Have some acreage around you. And that way, if you if you happen to lose your keys, and you have to break into your own house, no one's going to see it and call the police, okay? Police was just doing a good job. And so what happened with Obama is it got this thing that's kind of always under the surface, but when people in leadership let the lid off and, and it can bubble up and they give license to these emotions and, the, and justification to it, then it's always... Uh, race is always black and white. It's always the, only the brown skin. And that it can't be personality. I mean, with the Floyd thing, the two guys, it turns out they knew each other. 
They were both working at a nightclub together for about a year, okay? And they bumped heads. And so in, in all likelihood, it was just a case of murder, all right? He could have bumped head with another white guy, another Hispanic. Well, you white people don't kill white people. Black people don't kill other black people. Why does it have to be racism? Okay? There are many reasons why people kill, and, and most of the time it has very little to do with race. And this is not a racist nation. It's just, it's just not, okay? And that's a program for another day. But anyway, back to the issue of um, the hireling, okay? And the hireling flees because he cares not. And so we've seen all these cases, the chief of police getting down on one knee. Basically, they are fleeing from the wolf. They will not put themselves at risk. They will not stand like a man. And, you know, and what is it with all, you know, so many cities, I mean, they're trying to prove something that, oh, well, we can have a female police chief. And these female police chiefs, these female um, um, mayors, not all of them, because there's a female governor up in North Dakota that uh, refused to shut her state down. When all, all these others shut down, they never did shut down. That's a woman, okay? So it's not that women can't get the job done, okay? But in Democrat areas, it seems like when they appoint a woman, it's just it's because she's a woman, okay? When they appoint a black, it's because they're black, okay? And so these people that say, oh, well, we just support blacks. No, you don't. Because I've not been supported as a black man by the black community. Dr. Ben Carson has not been supported as a black man by the black community. Okay. Um, Senator Tim Scott has not been supported as a black man by the black community. So don't hand me this stuff, Black Lives Matter, and you're doing it just because of some sort of racial solidarity. You're not. You're a liar from the very pit of hell if you want to say that. And I'm challenging you on it. I'm challenging you on it. Okay? Because there's I've interviewed so many um, great black conservatives over the years. Justice Clarence Thomas, one of the longest serving, I think at, at this current point in time, I think he's the second longest serving justice in the history of the Supreme Court. And he's number one in the number of opinions that he's written. Number one, the most opinions ever written by any Supreme Court justice is Clarence Thomas. And I'm gonna use a word here. Poverty pimp Negroes and pulpit pimp Negroes, okay? They built in Washington, D.C., a so-called Black History Museum. And there's, I've never visited it and I never will. If, if I ever visit it, I may visit, I've been thinking about doing this and I think I might do it now that I'm mentioning it. I may visit and stand outside with a great big picket sign and say, I refuse to patronize this racist, uh, hateful institution because they are not fair to conservative blacks. There's no mention of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. It's like they've wiped him from history. No mention at all. Okay, no mention of Tim Scott, black senator from South Carolina, no mention. Okay, and so, and this is par for the course, okay? 
is par for the course. And just last week, this semi-literate professor from Princeton, I think he's retired now, uh, Dr. Cornell West, referred to uh, a black civil rights attorney who's been a lifetime Democrat, but his eyes are beginning to open up. And so he's speaking the truth, okay? And Dr. West re referred to him very derisively as a Negro, okay? Which is, it. look, I throw it right back at them. I, I, I call these people Negroes because I'm attempting to register the great high level of disdain that I have. And then also it's accurate in that it's a very archaic viewpoint they have that's 150 years old, all right? But it's uh, it's non-productive and it's not anything that's based on uh, a competition of ideas in the fair and open marketplace of ideas. It's based on we are Democrats and we, we are a... Um, a criminal organization, we steal money and we distribute it among ourselves. And if you don't agree with us, we're going to call you a racist because in the enclaves that we run, which are the major cities, we outnumber you. Okay. And that's what's happening. In the media, we outnumber you. That's what's happening. In academia, we outnumber you. And so, and that's what's happening. And so in all these enclaves that they have where they outnumber us, and which is the goal for the entire nation, which is why abortion for Americans, but importing malleable people that will vote Democrat in order to fundamentally transform the demographics of the nation so that just like in, you know, in New York City, in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in Oakland, okay, in, in Richmond, in Norfolk, in Petersburg, in all these places, where the Democrats run because they out they outnumber us. They outnumber Christians. They outnumber Republicans. They outnumber conservatives. And in all these places, these are all hellholes. So they're trying to outnumber us nationally by pushing abortion inside of America, pushing gender confusion to push birth rates down, and simultaneously importing people that will reliably vote Democrat, okay? And so, and if they pull it off, then what they've done in New York, what they've done in New Jersey, what they've done in DC, you know, what they've done in Oakland, what they've done in Philadelphia, what they've done in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, okay? What they've done in all the hell holes of the country, they're going to do for the whole nation. And because of my Christian brothers, my decaffeinated Christians, Reverend Chickenfoot that won't speak up, because of the low-fat Republicans, okay, zero grams onion power, zero grams common sense, zero grams integrity, these people will not push back. It is the sins of omission that are causing the leadership problems in this nation at every single level. They outnumber us and we're not 
passing the baton. We're not teaching. We're not defending. We're trying to get along with the enemy. You cannot get along with the enemy. Let me look at my notes here and see if there's any other facts I want to share with you all uh, here today. I want to, um, we're not, we're, 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 we're at about 50 minutes into the program and I've been promising you all we're going to, we're going to start uh, uh, making the programs a little bit shorter. And, uh, and I think I pretty much covered everything that I wanted to share. Um, I do have a few more. I think I have. Uh, no, that's that's pretty much it, folks. Uh, that's pretty much it. Just pray for this nation. Uh, pray for our fallen officers, uh, our soldiers, uh, the people that have um, sacrificed so much to build this nation. We have um, a grandfatherly generation. They're, they're dying by the hour. Okay, people in their 90s and, and over past 100, the, uh, the GI generation, uh, they survived the Great Depression. They survived the Spanish flu of uh, 1918 and 1919. Okay, uh, they survived Hitler, Hirohito, and Mussolini. Uh, many of them survived the uh, Nazi death camps. Okay. These people have survived the riots of the 60s, okay? Riots that were not trumped up like these riots today, uh, but you, you had legitimate racism uh, in the 60s that needed to be overcome, okay? Not fake racism. Uh, and when you cite actual numbers, uh, more whites are, are, are shot, uh, a white officer is more likely to be shot than to shoot. A black officer is more likely to shoot a black man. I mean, the statistics, they're not even close, okay? An, an honest and accurate description of the actual statistics that are happening in this nation. It's not even, it's not even close, okay? For this to be a crisis, it must necessarily be a manufactured crisis because based on the facts, there is no crisis, okay? There is no crisis. They're just trying to browbeat us to give them control of our nation and our future. And I'm, I'm not doing it. They, they cannot have my grandchildren. No, they cannot. Okay. I'm going to fight uh, right up to the end. But uh, we need to pray for these people, these these officers. Okay. Um, the, uh, the officer out in um, Oakland, uh, federal officer. Uh, shot and killed. Um, and, and again, like I said earlier, this, this started, uh, and I, I just pray for all of them because I know this is bringing back a bad memories, uh, the families of the five police officers that were shot in Dallas, Texas, okay? The families of the two police officers that were assassinated uh, in New York, uh, just sitting, this was after uh, one of these uh, racial incidents that was trumped up and lied about, okay? Trump wasn't president, Obama was president, but a, a black man walked up to uh, two officers, one was Asian, one was Hispanic, and he just shot them both in the back of the head as they sat eating lunch in their patrol car. And this was uh, right while Barack Obama was berating police and uh, decrying all this, the, their favorite word, institutional racism, okay? It's, it's so deep, it's structural, okay? 
and it's you know there's nothing that you can do about it and because white people just hate black people okay these folks lay out on the beach trying to uh, brown themselves up, but they, but the only thing they hate about us is this brown skin. They're trying to get some brown skin, but they hate brown skin. Okay. And so the soundness of their arguments are so weak that if, 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 if more and more of us who are watchmen on the walls, both in the Christian church and in conservative politics, if we would just stop trying to be so nice and bend over back was to make these people like us. They're not. They're not going to like us. Okay, is to the point where you have to choose. Okay, do you choose to defend the those that cannot defend themselves, or do you choose to bend over backwards and be nice to people that are never ever uh, going to uh, accept you or like you? The only thing they're going to do is continue to back you up and just make you irrelevant. Okay, um, those so those people need our prayers. They need a, a prayer for strength, a prayer for boldness. Okay, and I would encourage you uh, go to the book of Acts and read, just Google it, prayer for boldness. Okay, and there's all kinds of places throughout the Bible where boldness is prescribed. Okay. But the prayer where they pray, they literally, they prayed for a spirit of boldness. That's in the book of Acts. And this is what we need to do. Okay. And I think that's it for today, folks. Uh, thank you. I encourage you to please visit our website, thereallyrealdeal.com. That's five words, thereallyrealdeal.com. Okay. Thereallyrealdeal.com. Please visit our YouTube channel. Okay. Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, and uh, I really appreciate you all being here. Uh, shoot me an email anytime. I'd love to come out to, to any event. Uh, I don't this 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 COVID. Uh, look, if you invite me, I'm coming. All right, period. If you, <laughs> if you invite me to come out, I'm coming, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get the rest of the nation to wake up that uh, most of this um, uh, stuff with the virus is is trumped up. And, um, you know, hopefully having thousands and thousands of people in the streets with no social distancing will prove to people once and for all that this is a lie from the pit of hell that was made up uh, that these unfortunate deaths are just like another version of the flu, which we get every single year. OK, um, uh, a good year, you get 20,000 dead, a bad year, you get 80 to 100,000 dead. And that's without falsely juicing the numbers up as has been done with COVID. The, uh, the, the numbers are juiced up uh, and all this is provable. So we need to pray for people to be able to see the truth and to be able to accept the truth. And, uh, and I'll just send a blessing that uh, the Lord would bless each and every one of you out there, that the Lord would keep you, that the Lord would make his face to smile upon you and be gracious unto you and that the Lord will lift his countenance up upon each and every one of you, your family, your loved ones, and that the Lord would grant you peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you so much. God bless you.